This show is produced by Sharebird, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out sharebird.com. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That is Clue with a K, the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards delivered everywhere your sales reps live and allow them to contribute insights directly from the field. It's competitive strategy as a key lever of revenue. Elevate your role and outmaneuver, outplay, and outmatch the competition with Clue. Welcome back to season four of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. Today, I am really excited to have Tiffany Tooley, the head of product marketing at HubSpot. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. And I know everyone's story of getting into product marketing is a little bit different. I know uh, I've talked with many product marketing leaders, and there seems to be a lot of different journeys, a lot of different paths. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you got into product marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get started, Jeff, thanks for having me. I actually started out in the food and beverage industry. And, you know, it's kind of a funny story because people don't expect that. But yeah, started out in the food and beverage industry, working for a really small cookie manufacturer. They sold about a million dollars of cookies, actually cookie mixes, uh, right outside of Athens, Georgia, which is where I went to grad school. And I actually ran their marketing and sales team. So I was a, a team of one on the marketing side and a team of one on the sales side. So I was kind of like a jack of all trades, you know, really working for what was a very small business. I did everything from running their trade shows, contract negotiations with a lot of big major retailers that you probably have heard of everyone from, you know, Target all the way to Cost Plus World Market, Whole Foods, you name it, and then ran partnerships with their distributors and dealers. So for me, it was awesome because it was, especially as a first you know, job right out of college, because I got a really strong understanding of the sell-in and sell-through models. And I would say the importance of understanding your customers and clearly stating your value, you know, you know, regardless of that customer is a consumer or a partner or an internal stakeholder like sales, making sure that you understand your customer, really understand the value that you are providing to them and like clearly articulate that is, is just so important. And I carried that POV or point of view throughout my entire career, you know, from what was in, you know, what was the start of like the, the cookie business to ed tech at Blackboard, which, uh, you know, I was uh, in product marketing and customer marketing at that point, FinTech at First Data. So uh, financial services, for those of you out there that are familiar with Clover, that lovely point of sale device that you kind of swipe your card or these days tap your card on um, when you check out, help launch that. And eventually that bled into my career into MarTech and CRM at companies like Silverpop, which became part of IBM, Salesforce, and now at HubSpot. And I think, you know, when I think back about kind of some, you know, common threads that I've kind of carried throughout my career, it's really kind of four 
key thing that I have kind of leaned on pretty heavily and, and continued throughout my career. The first is, you know, I, I'm genuinely pretty guided by a deep sense of curiosity. You know, I try to, to seek to understand and, and really encourage those around me to do the same. Um, the second principle is, you know, I'm okay with failure. I think we all have to be okay with failure. Failure isn't failure, in my opinion, if you can fail fast and fail forward. You know, I've taken all sorts of risks in my career and some have panned out and some haven't, but, you know, along the way, I learned more about my strengths and weaknesses that I can grow from. And I, I think that's really important, not only for you individually, but for your organization and team as well. The third principle is, you know, I like to focus on continued growth, you know, I think continuing to grow is so important and it's important to be in an environment that challenges me and, you know, to continue to grow and a culture that supports that. And I try to create the same on, on the teams that I lead. And then last but not least, one of the things that has, has been important to me is looking for, you know, outside organizations. One that I currently participate in is the Marketing Academy. Um, and these, this, you know, these are third party organizations and that enable you to continue to grow, right? They kind of guide you and provide support and leadership and expertise on the personal and professional side, you know, that really help you continue to evolve, continue to innovate and continue to grow on, on your journey in this field. And it's a journey that I'm still on. That's incredible. And I can only imagine how, how awesome that was a, as a starting point to your journey into product marketing and that thread that you mentioned, that point of view that you've really carried throughout your career. You've had some incredible companies you've, you've been at, many of which I recognize some of those names that you mentioned. So it's phenomenal to, to hear that and you pulling that thread through. You mentioned as a, as a leader, you know, some of these lessons that you've learned. And I want to kind of dive a little bit more into that because uh, I think with the kind of current state of the world as as we're recording this and as folks listen to this, there's the potential talk of a you know looming recession. And HubSpot is, is certainly leans into this of retaining great employees. So how do you balance that, right? How do you balance the kind of crazy market, the kind of broader economic climate and being a leader and, and retaining some of your, your great or, or or even best PMMs? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. And, you know, I'll be honest, it ain't easy today. You know, it's tough. It's a it's a pretty tough climate out there. Um, I think it's slowed down a little bit for sure. But, you know, you're you're hearing increased conversation about silent resignation. And that's when, you know, you have team members who are not as engaged and they're just kind of, you know, disconnecting and unplugging and, and just not as active and engaged in, in the team and in the work. And that's a factor as well. And, and so, you know, I just want to like throw that out that out, out there and just kind of acknowledge that it's not easy right now. You know, everyone out there is facing some sort of challenge in and around retention to a certain degree, you know, whether that's because of aggressive recruiting or sky high salaries, you know, especially for product marketers, it's, it is tough times. Um, like I said, you know, the market, I feel like has changed a little bit, you know, there have been some recent layoffs surely that you're seeing across the industry, that may soften some of the market up a little bit and, you know, make folks a little less likely to make the leap, especially to, um, to smaller organizations. But with the layoffs that you're seeing at the larger organizations, you know, that's looming out there as well. So it's a, it's a tough time. I, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize that. But I think there are a few things that I think are really important to think about when you've built a team and you want to focus on retention. I think 
first is making sure that folks within your, your team understand the value that they're making and the impact that they're making into the organization. That is so critical that folks understand, one, that they belong, two, that they're valued, and then three, that what they're doing makes a significant impact to their team and those around them. Product marketers, you know, they tend to strive for the best. So it's important that, you know, they have the opportunity to do that and they're you're letting them know how much you value the impact that they're making. I think that one of the other key things that's important is just making sure that folks have an opportunity for continued growth, you know, because there are, you know, additional opportunities out there and, and folks will likely, can, you know, start hiring a little bit more moving into Q1. You know, you want to uh, give the folks on your team just great opportunities to grow personally and professionally. When they're stagnant, they tend to get bored, they tend to check out and disengage, and they tend to want to leave. And so, you know, you have to make sure you have those opportunities out there. Um, Work-life balance and culture is obviously a big thing. That's a big thing for, for us here at HubSpot. It's important, right, especially these days to make sure that people feel like they're contributing, feel like they're making an impact, but not, you know, lighting their hair on fire to in, in order to do that. So really investing in and in maintaining a strong work-life balance and really healthy culture, I think are really important. And then I would say, you know, with all of that, it's like you're you're showing your investments that you're making in the in, in your team, make sure they're paid well. You know, I I think I've heard many a product marketer um, express concern in, you know, the past, what, six months to a year when, you know, the market has been red hot, I would almost say white hot around pay. And so you have to make sure you're reinvesting back into your team to make sure that they are taken care of. And I think all of those things are, are, are really quite important. I, I think there are some other principles out there that um, when I think about like reinvesting in the community or not your community, but your community of product marketers, there are eight principles out there that I think are really important in terms of like building a world-class product marketing team. And I, I will tell you, I kind of riffed on some of these from, from Gartner. Gartner released this amazing report several years back on what it takes to build a world-class PMM. And then I added a few of my own. The first is supporting company growth initiatives. So that kind of ties into the value and impact statements that I made a little earlier. Uh, the second is focused on the prospect and customer experience. That seems to be uh, uh, you know, a given, but you know, just real focus on reiterating that I think is really important. Number three, aligned with product and sales. Number four, optimizes the resources, eliminates duplication or inefficiencies and puts decisions in the hands of the experts capable of making them. And many, many times that's the product marketers on your team, right? They need to feel empowered to make decisions and to act as leaders. People who can make decisions and act as leaders become future leaders. And I think that's really important to lean into. The fifth is job satisfaction, career growth, psychological safety. That kind of ties into that investment and work-life balance and culture that we were talking about or that I mentioned earlier. Number six, obviously has the product expertise and is a thought leader. That means they know the product well. They can also feel comfortable speaking about the product across the business and out in the industry, right? Really raising their visibility as thought leaders and, and subject matter experts within their field. The seventh is making sure that there is, uh, and that you are investing in building a humble and empathetic team culture. 
I love this one in particular. I feel like that's the one here at HubSpot that we just do an amazing job of. You know, we have a culture code here called HEART and the acronym is Humble, Empathetic, Adaptable, Relatable, Transparent. I always like to say there's a lot of companies that can be, you know, adaptable, relatable, transparent through processes and technology, but humility and empathy are really special things. And, you know, investing in that is really important, pays huge dividends across your team and organization. And then last but not least is making sure, like I said, team members recognize themselves as leaders. And again, one of the key ways to do that is to help them grow, help them feel empowered and, and help them feel valued. Um, and so those are the things that I would, I would tell, you know, my peers and other leaders to focus in on. I love that, Tiffany. There's there's so much gold in there, and and how we can all uh, as as leaders collectively support the individuals on our on our team, but their kind of own growth paths as well. And growth growth isn't just by title or or you know monetary e- either. It's you know by by program or, or campaign or or things that we're actively working on and the impact that they're having that, that you touched on. Um, and so it's it's I think it's so important. And and just just to reiterate, I, I think it 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 ties in so well with that that Gartner list that you mentioned and everything that you're doing at, at HubSpot, which is truly re- remarkable. Yeah. And you know, Jeff, I think that's a really important point that you called out around like how people prefer to grow because it isn't all the same, right? To your point, like some people like are, are focused on growing up. They, you know, are thinking about upward mobility within the organization and that next title change. Some people are thinking about growing out, right? They want to understand more about the business and get experience in different facets of product marketing or different facets of marketing and across the business. And then some fo- folks are focused on growing down. And I, I know that sounds negative, but it isn't. Those are the folks that like to go deep into a subject matter and, or you know product or portion of the product marketing function. And they like to get into the weeds and the nitty gritty. And you really, it's really important for you as a leader, whether a leader of a, a sub-team or the team overall, to understand you know, which growth path individuals are on. Is it, is it deep? Is it wide? Or is it up? And make sure that they have the right growth plan and career growth plan within you know, your team to support that type of growth. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. So one thing I want to talk about is HubSpot is, you know, obviously a leader in multiple markets um, that you, that you serve. I'd love to hear more about how you think about structuring the team for those applicable markets and how you think about goal setting and, you know, driving success in not only, of course, the the company objectives, but the specific marketing and, and even product marketing goals that you have set. Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. You know, I will say, I feel like team goals mean absolutely nothing uh, <laughs> if they're not in alignment with the company goals. Now, I mean, maybe that's a little harsh because there are some team goals that are separate and apart from company goals. But, you know, I'm in the marketing team. My team's goals and performance have to be tied to other teams' goals and primarily in sales and product. In fact, you know, I would argue that we collectively have to have at least two to three top line goals each year that are shared with shared KPIs, right? Now, again, that doesn't mean that we won't have different KPIs for our respective teams that predominantly are set up to impact just our team, um, whether it's to manage individual team performance, right, or 
some other key goals that are relevant for your particular team. Like in marketing, for example, that might be developmental goals or content engagement, right? For example, although I would argue content engagement impacts is a leading indicator and impacts both sales and kind of provides, you know, product with some, you know, particular insight in terms of like how much interest is being seen by the market in their product. But all that to say, your team can have individual team goals, but it's so important to have those two to three top line goals that are shared across a team. Because I would argue that without that top-down alignment, you can kind of function in a silo. And, and that can be really difficult for a product marketing team, especially one that's growing and trying to innovate. And so I think it's really important to have those, those shared top-line goals and then, you know, think about how that looks and cuts by product line or by a particular segment within your, your organization, right? You might have specific goals for each one of those. So that's kind of like my primary focus, how I think about, you know, building, structuring the team and setting goals. And my team then ladders off of those goals, especially on an annual basis. Now, I think there are product marketing teams um, and, and product marketers out there that are on teams where, you know, they're in a time of change. They're trying to start something new. They're trying to, you know, evolve their product marketing team or the functions that the team does. And in that case, I think, you know, alignment around goals is certainly important and is increasingly important. Uh, and then that's where you really have to double down on your communications. And really, I would argue like, you know, sponsorship or, you know, executive level support in order to make sure that those goals that your team has set are clear and are prioritized and are heard across the company. I think that's really how you get, you know, you make change is when you have that level of either alignment or understanding across teams about why you're doing the things that you're doing whether they're existing goals, continuation of existing goals, you know, increasing those existing goals or setting up new goals. And then outside of that, I think when I think about structuring the team, I think, you know, autonomy is important, especially if you're on a product marketing team that moves pretty quickly or an organization that moves pretty quickly like SaaS, you want to have autonomous teams, folks that feel like they can make decisions and move fast, folks that understand what good looks like and can strive for that goal, folks that understand and feel empowered to make those decisions. And then last but not least, having really transparent processes for ensuring alignment and visibility across, you know, not just your team, but the broader business as well. Well said. And, and I mean, I think as we as leaders, uh, we've been talking a lot about how do we build this culture where everyone is is bought in and feels included and, and there is an inclusive culture that is that's thriving within our respective product marketing teams. And so, you know, certainly HubSpot is, is no exception to this. HubSpot is, is very much, a, I think, a, a fair to say a, a leader in this and, and talking about many of the uh, inclusivity um, uh, programs that the HubSpot has, has adopted and founded over the past number of years. So how do you think about, you know, ensuring that everyone on the team not only feels included, of course, but has the kind of space to thrive themselves as well? Yeah, this is a topic that I'm super passionate about. Perhaps, you know, because I am a woman of color in an industry that has not been as diverse as it has, as is currently growing to be, I feel in my heart and I feel is so important, not just for, for people who uh, 
are of different ethnicities that work in, you know, uh, a field that is maybe dominated by people that don't look and sound like them. But for people that come from all different diverse backgrounds, whether it's religion or different regions or, you know, based on their sexual orientation, like I feel like, you know, belonging is is so important. And it's when you feel not just accepted, but appreciated. And there's a really important distinction between being accepted and being appreciated. And so I think one of the things that um, I think, you know, is important to me uh, and I try to instill across my team is like just taking time to celebrate our differences and the things that make us special, you know, one of the things that we we create is everyone you know on our team creates when they first join is like a user guide and that's their first opportunity to just you know tell people and create a document that celebrates their differences so it's a way for them to tell a little bit more about who they are what makes them tick and have a durable document that folks can kind of go back to and remind themselves like this is why this person is unique and why it's such a joy to work with them um, we also do those shout outs around holidays and different events that are celebrated by people of all different backgrounds on Slack and host different events across the company, as well as on our team to celebrate, you know, these moments in time throughout the year that uh, really show our, our opportunity to like champion and like celebrate people and all their uniqueness. Outside of that, you know, I think there's some other key things that folks can do to really, you know, double down on inclusivity, inclusivity, excuse me, and like creating a really strong culture. Um, one is just like, you know, appreciating people, like taking the time to appreciate the great work folks do via, you know, regular consistent cadence of like shout outs and giving them opportunities to shine. But certainly when they, they shine, like call that out, make them feel good about the work and, that they've done. Transparent processes, you know, I think create inclusivity. I think Decisions and conversations can happen in backdoors and silos, and that's really hard for folks to understand. So the more you can work in public, the more you can be transparent, the more folks feel included and part of the part of the change and part of the process, right? So I think those are are also important. You know, on my team, one of the things that we do every single month is we have a regular cadence for skip levels and feedback. We have a skip level week and we have a feedback week. And again, those are opportunities for folks to feel heard and to give back to everyone on the team, right? Because I think feedback is a gift. You don't grow without it, you know? Um, and so that's one way, one, another way that we kind of invest in the team. I think, you know, meetings are another interesting situation, if you will, for, uh, or an opportunity, if you will, for inclusivity. HubSpot is a very remote first organization, and you have a lot of folks who some folks who still come into the office, a lot of folks who are remote. And oftentimes I find like different people show up differently in meetings, right? You have some folks who you can share up an update with them and they can quickly like popcorn ideas and like quickly respond with a thoughtful answer and other folks need pre-reads. And so just knowing that and giving people opportunity for pre-reads, settings, adding your agenda to the meeting, adding the deck, if you're going to go through a deck or the, or the doc or the memo to the call beforehand and giving people an opportunity to pre-read is just a way to be more inclusive to different people who um, digest information and need to respond to information in a different way. So I think those are, are really important. And then on, on the flip side, 
creating a space for folks to give feedback on the call for folks that are oftentimes um, more vocal, but also give folks who are less vocal an opportunity to share their feedback after the call. I think other things, you know, that are quickly top of mind are, uh, you know, just like I mentioned this a little bit earlier or, or alluded to it, allowing folks across the organization, across your team to be part of the change that, that you are driving, I think is, is a part of being inclusive, right? And so making sure that they have a role to play in your quarterly and annual planning is really important. I think it builds buy-in and it establishes a leadership mindset. And then last but not least, I would say like establishing some really solid rituals across the team. You know, we have these things um, on our team that we recently implemented on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday cadence. And it's like, you know, something that we can depend on. And Monday, that's we, we take a moment of gratitude, moment of gratitude Monday. Wednesday is all about wellness with our wellness Wednesdays. And then Friday is all about failing and prevailing, right? It's our opportunity to share as a team, like, you know, times when we made mistakes, times when we failed and what we learned from it. And it's a great opportunity for us to just be, you know, honest and authentic, um, but also share our learnings so that others can learn through those as well. And I think all of those kind of work together to create a really healthy culture where folks feel heard, they feel like they can come and be their authentic self, and they they feel like they can can focus on less on like trying to show up as they think they should show up and tr and instead showing up as they are. hundred percent and ensuring that we are all showing up as our authentic selves is is incredibly important th these days. And uh, I mean, everything you outlined there is is incredible and a really solid playbook, I guess, so to speak. Like one thing I, often tell my team is, you know, ensuring that our content that we're putting out externally is it, we're thinking about these types of things as well to ensure that we're setting that, that right precedent as well, but by carrying that inclusivity, not just in the work we do inside, but but to kind of the external facing materials that we uh, we, we create and, and share as well. Agreed. Um, one thing too that that I meant to mention, I'm not sure if HubSpot still does this, but back when I was there, at least I believe it was quarterly recognition, if I'm remembering correctly, um, for kind of individuals within within HubSpot or, or HubSpotters, I think is is the still the appropriate term, maybe going kind of above and beyond and, and recognizing those individuals. And there was kind of a, a monetary value uh, kind of as associated to that. And, and that was always not only meaningful to, of course, receive, you know, being on the receiving end of, of any, uh, any of that is, of, of course, compelling and, and whatnot, but, but being on the end of, of sending it too, as well, and recognizing somebody for saying, you know, hey, thank you for speaking out of that meeting, or thank you for uh, your help with that project, you know, when you went above and beyond, and it's not a card part of your core duties maybe, or, or whatever the case may be, but, but that I think builds a really uh, special culture at, at HubSpot and certainly something that I think many organizations can, can learn from as well. I agree, Jeff. And I would say, you know, the strategies or the things I was sharing was probably more directed to like things that we do or seem to be effective on the product marketing team. But I think you call out something that's really important because, you know, you want to, when you're like investing in a team and you're investing in team culture and inclusivity, it really, really helps, right? <laughs> when you're when you're doing that within a broader environment that does the same. And, and that's one thing that I can say, like, you know, HubSpot does in, in spades. You know, I think you called it out, like our, our heart awards are still a thing and they're still awesome. And it's a great way 
for the entire organization, right? Not just the product marketing team, but the entire organization to honor someone who had leaned into one of those core values really well and shown up for others in a way that that is just really awesome and that fosters and, and nurtures that feeling of like inclusivity and like an investment back into the type of culture, right? With clear principles, but reinforcing that through a way of honoring and awarding people and showing recognition for, for how they're investing and showing up. So that's one. I think the other thing that we did recently, which I thought was really meaningful and uh, just so so special was we do we did something on the marketing team across the entire marketing team, which was like a you know a relay in which we basically just gave gratitude. It was like a gratitude relay. And we did it on Slack, you know, over the course of the week. And it was just an opportunity for folks across the team, you know, not just product marketing, but across all the teams within the marketing space to just give gratitude for the folks that are on their team, but also their partners and their peers who make all the magic happen, you know, for the company and the customers. And so it was so meaningful to see how many people participated, how many people, how much appreciation was shown for so many people across the marketing team. And it really builds just a strong sense of community and partnership and collaboration that I think is, you know, can be tough sometimes when, you know, we're moving at a million miles per hour. It's taking the time and moments like these to pause and show appreciation, show recognition, you know, highlight people that are doing amazing things so that others can be inspired as well are just really, really important. Couldn't agree more. And, and you really said it very well there. And it's, it's so hard to, I think sometimes do, especially when pretty much every technology company is moving so quickly and, and so rapidly. It's sometimes hard to, to push pause, but you're, you're absolutely uh, spot on by saying, you know, it's, it's really important for us as leaders to take that moment or, or a few moments here and, and appreciate those folks and show that transparency and candor and, and, and appreciation for, for that matter to ensure that those folks feel not only, of course, included, but, it, but appreciated as well. So I wanted to ask you one, one other question, because I think as we think about inclusivity, team building, team structure, for our earlier conversation about the, the broader kind of conditions out in the, the marketplace, uh, that of course impacts hiring, right? And, you know, HubSpot is is growing, numerous other product marketing teams across the industry are, are growing. So I'm curious for, from like your perspective, you as a leader, how do you, you think about great product marketing candidates? Like what skills or maybe attributes do you look for and, and what maybe separates uh, maybe a, a good from a great candidate in your eyes? Oh, I love this question because, you know, I participate in a lot of conversations and interviews. So I will say there are a few things and I'm going to list them off in no particular order, but I'll, I'll just kind of call them out. I think First and foremost, you know, someone that, that comes with a beginner's mindset and a demonstrated curiosity. You know, I oftentimes like to ask people kind of where, where they've come from and like where they're going. And that shows a level of like curiosity, I think, you know, in how or could and how they answer that question. But it also shows their vision um, and how they think about their growth in their career. And so I think, you know, having a beginner's mindset, having a demonstrated curiosity, having a certain vision for yourself and like how you think you can help 
the organization that you're interviewing with is really important. Um, and then, you know, if I think about other criteria, you know, I like to see someone that focuses, I think a good product marketing, you know, manager or leader is like focused on progress over perfection. Perfection slows you down and trips you up. And I like to see progress and someone that's not afraid to try something new uh, and maybe not, you know, land it, but is willing to pick themselves up, learn from that opportunity and try again, because that's where you get to really good, awesome stuff and innovation. I also like to see folks who are resourceful. So if you don't see it, that's cool. They're, these are the people who oftentimes go build it, you know? And so, you know, a certain level of resourcefulness, I think is really valuable as a product marketer. I will say perseverance and ability to negotiate and partner with, partner with your peers, whether it's folks within an organization or across organizations, you know, that negotiation ability and like being able to kind of come and understand and create a common language to get things done across two teams is really important. I also think product marketers who are big picture thinkers are just great. You know, those are the ones that I, I love to learn from and I love to bring onto the team. And it's, it's those that like kind of have that ability to think beyond the product, to also think, you know, impact to the customer, to think about sales, how best to engage both of those to like create their strategies to create really good thought leadership, to create really good enablement, right? And understand how all of these things work together. So like that big picture mindset is really important. I think outside of that, a product marketer, good product marketers are good communicators, right? They can champion their work. They can, you know, communicate really effectively new ideas and also are great thought leaders, you know, are, are comfortable sharing their perspective internal, er, internal to the company, excuse me, as well as externally. They focus on impact, you know, not just doing things to do things, but focus on the impact of those things that they've done. And then last but not least, I would say they focus on the customer, right? Whether it's an internal customer, i.e., you know, your success team or sales or even product, right? And then your external customers who are the folks that are buying your, your products and buying your services and buying your technologies you know, making sure that you make their lives easier, um, whether it's to make a decision or whether it's to adopt your product, you know, that is really important. And I would probably say the number one thing out of, out of all of these. And so I know I said, I wouldn't stack rank them, but that one, <laughs> I think would be the number one. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you and, and your, your number one choice there. Tiffany, thank you so much for, for your time and joining me on the Product Marketing Experts. Uh, I really appreciate it. And any final words that you want to share about PMM leadership or kind of team structure or, or hiring? Uh, also just wanted to, to ask, you know, any, any place that, you know, our listeners here can find you or, or follow the content that you're publishing. Yeah, I think the best place to follow me would be on LinkedIn. So you can find me at... Uh you know, slash in slash Tiffany Tooley. Um, feel free to follow me, message me, reach out. I, I love to meet new marketers and, and, you know, build relationships with new leaders. You know, my final words of advice, I would say 2022 is a bit of a, a challenging year, um, especially this back half. But, you know, just to remind product marketers, remind leaders that the work we're doing now to reimagine our teams, reimagine our programs, reimagine what product marketing looks like at our organization, or, or, or double down on things that we've seen work 
it's going to pay benefits for us um, next year. And so certain folks right now that are feeling kind of like the squeeze of change, you know, my advice is like, don't give up, hang in there. We're in it together. Find folks who are your peers and partners that you can build a community with. Sometimes it's going to be to vent. Sometimes it's going to be to learn from. Um, I think, you know, podcasts like these are an amazing opportunity for learning, but also, uh, you know, great opportunity to, to meet new people. Uh, like I said, myself included. So reach out, let's stick together and uh, we're going to do great things uh, next year and moving forward. So, so I, I, I'll leave folks with those words of advice and, and encourage them to invest in themselves and invest in their community and realize that, you know, as a function and as individuals, we are in a state of change, but we're, as long as we change together and have each other's back, you know, as, as we go through that change, it'll all work out well on the other side. Completely agree. And uh, thank you again so much, Tiffany, for being on the podcast. I look forward to you following and, and reading all of the amazing content that uh, you and the HubSpots and more specifically the, the product marketing team put out. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what is next for, for you and the team. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you having me. This show is produced by Sharebird the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out sharebird.com.